Hello everyone and welcome back to Sprint Race Show, the show that speeds through some of the main talking points happening in Formula One. My name is Emma Ridgway and I will be your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. So after 20 weeks, 11 races, we are finally at the mid-season break. We aren't yet halfway through the season, but we are quite a big dent into it. We don't know exactly how many races we have left after the summer break, but I would imagine at least another 11. I think some races are still in doubt for the rest of the year, for example, Japan. As we all know, the Olympics is going on right now and Tokyo is under a state of emergency to allow the games to happen safely. So who knows if people will be allowed to travel there for the race in October. I don't think it's going to go ahead personally, but we'll have to wait and see. So far in this season, we've had five wins for Max Verstappen. We've had four wins for Lewis Hamilton, one for Sergio Perez and one for Esteban Ocon. Yep, that's right. Esteban Ocon won the race in Hungary yesterday, and I don't know about you, but that was some mid-season finale. I keep comparing this to a TV show because this season has been phenomenal, and to be honest, it's been an honour to be able to podcast and to be able to speak about this sport to all of you who've been listening. So if you've been tuning in so far, thank you very much. You know how in really good TV shows, they usually have uh, an unexpected twist in the penultimate episode before the finale or before the mid-season finale. Well, we had that. We had that at the British Grand Prix in Silverstone, which left us all reeling. It left us all going wild on the internet and arguing with one another. And it got pretty nasty at some points. And I I didn't like that, obviously. But It got us all riled up for the race in Hungary, and my goodness, did it not disappoint. I I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I think from Thursday through to last night, late last night, there was drama at every single turn. So just starting with the Thursday, the press conferences with Max and Lewis, as you can imagine, were extremely contentious. Both of them continued to stand their ground and both maintained the exact same stances that they had in Silverstone, which we completely expected. And then during qualifying, the first blow went to Mercedes. They got the pole. And even during that, there was some drama. So the Mercedes was seemingly quite fast, or at the very least, Hamilton was quite fast and Bottas wasn't too far behind either. But Lewis definitely had the upper edge. And when he came out for his final run at the end of Q3 for pole position, he (laughs) came out the pits quite slowly, shall we say. And of course, the Red Bulls were right behind him and they got held up. And then their final run was not good. The temperature dropped on the track and that obviously meant that their second runs weren't as good as their first. By that time, Lewis's lap was already quick enough and he was on provisional pole. And there was some contention about whether or not Lewis had deliberately slowed down Max. He said that they're always slow in the outlap. To me, it felt like a little bit of mind games. But at the same time, if you're going to come out behind Lewis Hamilton, your main title rival, you're going to have to expect stuff like that. 
So on to the race. So I'm struggling to describe this. I know that I received a message from my mum about a minute before the lights went out and all she said was chaos in the first corner. Firstly, it was raining. I think the last wet race we had was the Emilio Romagna Grand Prix. Uh, So that was the second race of the season. So it's been a long time coming. And it's always safe to say that whenever rain happens, chaos ensues. And it did, without fail. Valtteri Bottas, who has never ever crashed out on the first lap of a race, turned into a human bowling ball during the first lap of the Hungarian Grand Prix, accidentally hitting the back of Lando Norris, who took out Max Verstappen, who took out his teammate, and it was just pandemonium. So at that moment, five of the top six drivers on the grid were out, and so the result was just thrown up in the air. It looked like after the red flag that this would be an easy win for Hamilton. And this is where, to me, the strategists just, it didn't make any sense. So during the red flag, all the drivers go back to the pits and then they essentially queue up in the pit lane and they have a free tyre choice during that time. And with all the crashes that went on in turn one, there was a huge amount of debris on the track. So it took them a long time to clean that up, which is understandable. They had to repair the tyre wall and I think the delay was about half an hour from the red flag to starting again. During this time, the sun came out and it dried the track. But rather than change the tyres during this red flag opportunity, everyone went out on the inters. And I think people had data that it was going to rain again. But I could clearly see it. And I know I'm a, you know, a sofa spectator, but I could clearly see that the track had dried. I think most of the people did too, but it just, I don't know, everyone seemed to be sitting on the fence. And so what happened was when the race restarted, everyone left the pits with intermediates on. And then as soon as they started going around, I could hear the radio messages saying like, it's dry. Everyone's going to come in for dry tyres. That's what George Russell said. And then what proceeded was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen as a Formula One fan. The sight of Lewis Hamilton driving to the grid and every other driver ducking into the pits for a pit stop. Every single other driver decided that that was the moment to change the tyres. They took off the inters, they put on the slicks. Lewis Hamilton was the only car on the starting grid when the lights went out. That scene to me will be forever printed in my mind as one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And so, of course, he was in the lead. None of the cars in the pits could come out until he'd passed the white line. And so out behind him came all the other cars. But of course, the first lap, Lewis realised, I need to pit. So then after Lewis pits, of course, he's at the back of the grid. He loses his place because he didn't pit on that outlap. But part of me is wondering, why did nobody put the slicks on in the first place? Normally, whenever we see these kind of wet or dry tracks, the field is usually quite split between whether or not to put on the wets, put on the dries, put on the slicks. Tire choice is always difficult. But every single strategy team decided to keep the inters on. And every single driver, bar Lewis, decided to come in and say, nope, this is not the right call. 
to me, I mean, we could debate this for hours. I could do an entire podcast just about tires. And so Lewis Hamilton is at the back of the grid. He's trying to make his way through. Esteban Ocon is now leading the race. Sebastian Vettel is closing him down. And all bets are off at this point. Now, I won't divulge into everything that had happened. I definitely had to talk about that crazy start because, again, it's just engraved in my mind. But what I will talk about is Fernando Alonso. Now, he is one of my favorite drivers of all time just because he is one of the best drivers of all time, in my opinion. I think his rivalry against Lewis was one of the best that I've ever seen. I wrote about it in a recent blog post, and I think that he was probably, to me, one of the few drivers who can match Lewis, if not beat him. To me, they are the most evenly matched in terms of skill on that grid more than Max and Lewis, more than Leclerc and Lewis. And I think the proof was in the fact that it took Hamilton eight laps to get past Fernando Alonso. I saw the most incredible memes. Someone had photoshopped Alonso's car to be the width of the track, and that's essentially what he did. He placed his car perfectly every single time. The runs that Lewis had coming down that straight and into turn one, up to turn two, Alonso had him every single time. Lewis was trying to go on the inside. Fernando went left. Lewis was trying to go on the outside. Fernando went right. It was impeccable driving from both of them. And at one point they even touched, but they both backed out. It was so fair. It was so clean. And it was incredible to watch. I had my hands over my eyes at one point. And it was only down to a lockup, a mistake from Alonso that allowed Lewis to get past. Otherwise, without that, if he had continued without any errors, I do not think Lewis would have gotten past him. And in the end, Alonso holding up Lewis ultimately meant that Lewis didn't have time to catch Sebastian Vettel and Esteban Ocon, who in the end took home his first ever win in Formula One. And I think all of us were emotional at that moment. Uh, A few years ago, I listened to his interview with Tom Clark for the On The Grid podcast, and I really loved his backstory. It's clear that he's worked incredibly hard to even get a seat in Formula One. You know, we speak a lot about people who have the opportunity to fund their way through. Esteban Ocon is is definitely not one of those, those people and has had to essentially get through on skill and skill alone. So there's a lot of respect for what he's done, and I'm really happy for him that it's paid off. And I think the team attitude that Alpine had meant that he could get that win because Alonso held up Lewis for eight laps. Ocon's chances of winning would have been much lower had Hamilton gotten past his teammate much earlier. We don't know for sure, but we know that Hamilton was continuing to charge forward after he overtook Alonso. So to me, it was a team effort that allowed them to win, that allowed Ocon to win. And that was fantastic to see. We, we see a lot of team effort in some teams more than others. I don't know if I agree with one driver being more important than another. I know that that's the case. But if your teammate is in a more lucrative position, I think it's absolutely fair to prioritize them. For example, George Russell, who was in the top 10 alongside his teammate Nicholas Latifi, who at one point was like three places in front of him. And George Russell got on the radio and he said, prioritize Nikki. 
even if I have to pit early, compromise my race, don't compromise Nikki's. That to me was teamwork to a key. And it paid off. Both Williams drivers got their first points for that team, and a big chunk of them as well. Teamwork played such a vital part in the race yesterday, and to me it felt very wholesome. So I left the race yesterday feeling overwhelmingly happy as a Formula One fan. I felt like there was disappointment, there was stress, there was complete hiding behind the sofa, they're going to crash, there was heartbreak, there was an underdog winning, there was teamwork, and then there was just pure emotion. And to be honest, after that race, I was exhausted. After what has been an intense half season so far, and I was really looking forward to the summer break. That was until the last minute drama of Sebastian Vettel. So I praised Sebastian Vettel at the end of the British Grand Prix for picking up litter. I found out later that he went to a recycling plant to try and understand what they did with the litter and how to be more efficient. He's an all-round good climate activist, but he's also an advocate for equality. Amidst the looming election over LGBTQ plus rights in Hungary, Sebastian decided to show his support alongside Lewis Hamilton for the LGBTQ plus community by wearing so much rainbow throughout the weekend. He had a t-shirt, he had it on his shoes, he had it on his helmet for the race, he spoke about it in the press. Every single opportunity that he had, he did it. When he was on the podium picking up his second place, he had an LGBTQ face mask on. He couldn't have made it clearer. Until the FIA disqualified him late last night for not having enough fuel left in his car. I mean, I'm gutted. I'm gutted for him because he worked his socks off to try and get P2. He tried to get P1, but he just couldn't overtake Ocon. And it really hurt that something like that, something so, I'm going to say small, I know that it's a big deal for past reasons, but something so small took away his P2. So I know there's a lot of controversy there, but I feel really disappointed. I'm not sure what else they could have done. I will need to read more into it, but for him, I feel sorry. So that was my roundup on the weekend's events. As I said, it was a long weekend. It was an intense weekend. And from Thursday through to yesterday, it did not stop with the drama. And as I said a few minutes ago, I am exhausted. In a good way. I feel like I've just watched a thriller. I feel like I've just watched a massive cliffhanger at the end of a mid-season finale. And I really want to know what's going to happen next. But at the same time, I need a break. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the next three weeks off to work on some behind the scenes of this show. So you won't hear from me for a few weeks, but I can't wait to get back and I can't wait to show you what I've been working on as well. Wherever you are in the world, I really hope that you enjoy the next few weeks. Take some time off from this wonderful sport and I look forward to seeing you all in a few weeks time. So until then, thank you very much for tuning in.